Hello everyone and welcome to my podcast Stories That Inspire. Welcome to the first episode and I am Priyanka Joshi your host for the podcast. I have been a coach uh, a success and performance coach for tweens teens and their parents for last 10 years. Before that I have in been in my corporate journey again for 10 years. In my journey as a coach I want to empower 100,000 individuals. and this podcast is an effort in the same direction a pod one production so without further ado i would also want to introduce my guest for the podcast a storyteller so welcome vaishali kulkarni Veshali has over 17 years of experience as a certified storyteller and a reading facilitator. Veshali is a nurturer. Through her skill as an intuitive and connected storyteller, she works with adults and children alike to connect and communicate and hone skills, hone skills through her stories. She is the founder of Pune's first children's literary space, The Story Station. the co-founder of Pune's children uh, literary festival festival the litbug fest and the curator and founder of katha mehal a global audio stories platform connecting over 2500 families across the world with one story every day she's a certified storyteller art based therapist tefl certified teacher and abt practitioner using stories to heal So what did we miss here? Everything's covered. Stories to heal, stories to connect, stories to communicate, stories for children, stories for adults. Everything included. So um, thank you, Vishali, for agreeing to do this podcast with us. When I got to speaking with you, got to know your journey, I was so sure that you're going to be the first guest on my podcast um, because I was so truly inspired. And uh, so over to you, just take us through your journey of how you transitioned from a corporate career woman to today, what you are. Thank you. Thank you, Priyanka, for having me over. Uh, it's wonderful to know that you yourself work with uh, tweens and teens. Uh, yeah. It was really wonderful chatting with you the other day and uh, knowing about your story as well. So yes, storytelling for seventeen years. Probably storytelling ever since the time I was, uh, you know, a little kid because I used to keep yapping. And uh, I was fortunate enough to be in a family where I was told a lot of stories. I mean, I was fed on stories. I think more than food. Oh, uh, my grandmother uh, used to live with us, uh, and uh, every day when we came back from school, uh, apart from smelling the wonderful. Uh, you know, lovely snack that she would made. She would have made for us. We would wait to hear the next story. So, apart from narrating a lot of stories, uh, she would also she was also a very voracious reader. And so, in turn, she would read a lot also to us. So, as a child, I think um, having people around you uh, who read a lot, and I think an environment where children really imitate whatever their adults do. We kind of grew up. Doing that, yeah. acting like we are reading and trying to pick up whatever books, whether we understood or not. Acting like I'm reading a newspaper, like my father, mm-hmm. uh, my mama Jis, who used to stay with us when they were studying at that point of time, uh, had library memberships. So we would wow. see them issue, you know, books regularly. And by the time I was in grade three or four, 
I remember walking with my mamaji to, uh, uh, you know, the local library. And I was so fascinated just to see so many books, you know, lined up there. And uh, he told me, oh, you know, how about today you use my membership and pick up any book and read. Wow. And then it became like a competition, you know. If I finish the book before he does and I get to issue a book. And that's how my journey as journey into reading really began. Beautiful. And uh, my mother tells me that when we used to travel to Chennai by train, I used to tell random people the stories of Ramayana and Mahabharat, which my wow. mother had narrated to me. Of course, I don't recall uh, doing that. But of course, I recall very, very vividly the chapters of Ramayana, the chapters of Mahabharat, the way in which my grandmother narrated them to me. So I think um, the journey began long way back. Yeah. But uh, diving into it, and realizing it to be uh, my bread and butter and my everyday activity, I think, happened at the age of 26. So I'm actually a pharmacist by profession. I was working in strategy and branding for a you know leading hospital here in Pune, where I live. Um, work was very good because there, too, I was telling stories about the product. So it was stories anyway. But um, when I was walking down the streets, I remember with my parents and I was eating an ice cream uh, in the MG Road of Pune, which is the shopping, uh, you know, location of Pune. Yeah. And there was an announcement which was put up that, um, you know, starting the summer, they're going to be converting that entire street into a no vehicle zone for, oh wow, so six to nine, there will be no vehicles, the entire place will be cordoned off and people could do whatever they wanted. Of course... Uh, now these kind of things happen much more often, but it was very exciting to know that I could really run across from one, you know, so just from one side to the other without having to worry about any vehicle coming. So I turned to my father and I said, uh, how about if I tell stories here? I don't know. I mean, honestly, Priyanka, I don't know why I asked him that question. Maybe somewhere within me, I wanted to share the stories I always heard. And I thought, okay, what do we do here? You know, people will come. What will they do? They'll shop, they'll eat, but then what? And, uh, you know, uh, when when we were children, it was always about doing something interesting with our time. And I think that's how we were brought up. And so I said, but then what will people do in those three hours? So my dad said, okay, you want to tell the stories, but how? I said, I don't know, maybe just put a carpet down and start telling. He said, uh, sounds like a good plan. But uh, I think you'll need to get some permissions or whatever, right? So that's it. I mean, wow. the seed was there. Uh, it, it is, uh, I would actually connect it to, you know, the, we encourage people to make seed bombs nowadays. Yeah. Put the seed and you throw it. You don't know it'll grow. You don't know where you, you're throwing it. And it'll just be nurtured naturally. And I think that's what happened. The people who nurtured that journey were the people who just walked. Yeah. Not walked day in and day out. The 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 cantonment board, uh, who was the authority at that point of time, was very very uh, upfront and very open, and they accepted this new idea uh, very easily. So there I was. I started on the thirteenth of May two thousand and six in my two wheeler with a bag of books and a small cane, moda, a small stool. I put the carpet down and I sat down. I I began my journey and. There were many eyeballs rolling. Fortunately, there were none from my family. Oh, uh, okay. so encouraging. You know, eyeballs in the sense of people passing by, ki, hai? you know, who's sitting here in the streets, what does she want to do? 
is she out to sell something? Is she going to give us some sermon, some gyan about something? But I simply sat there, spread around the books that I had and I said, oh, come, you want to listen to a story? I will tell you. And so the journey began and I realized a lot of preparation needed to go week after week because three hours to tell stories to people who kept walking in meant at least preparing for 15 to 20 stories for a Saturday and 15 to 20 stories for a Sunday. Yeah. Okay. But so this was on the weekends? This was only on the weekends. Okay, on the weekends. Because that's okay. uh, the whole, you know, created. Um, May went by beautifully. I mean, we started off with four children and by the first week of June, 40, 45 children would gather. Um, the local children in MG Road would actually, there was one boy I still remember. He would take a cycle and, you know, go around saying, you know, story di di agai, story di di agai. <laughs> and everyone would gather. Um, I think the encouragement after that came when the rains came and I was not able to continue. So the people got in touch with the cantonment board. I was provided with shed. I was provided with a room from the cantonment board wherein I continued to, you know, do what I tell stories. And since Antidote is, is located in a very prime area of the city, mm-hmm. and Pune was much smaller 17 years ago, uh, all the leading schools uh, were around the area. And uh, the principals, the teachers, they must have seen what was happening around. And uh, I was very fortunate to be contacted by the bookstores, very fortunate to be contacted by schools, come and take on the same thing that I was doing there, um, you know, to tell stories and to share literature with children. So that's really how my journey um, began, Priyanka. So it it sounds like LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter in one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the best way to let people know <laughs> what you do. Get out there, you know. I mean, physically get out there, you know. If yeah. every, um, for any and every organization or for any field that you work in, they always say, Grasm, get down and do the work. Yeah. And then things will happen. And I think that's what gives you experience as well. So, right, right. Absolutely. So, uh, cut to today, uh, Vishali, you know, you're the founder of the story station, the founder of Lid Buck Fets, Katha Mehfil, you know. Uh, so uh, now that you look back, have there been any time where you have regretted uh, the decision from moving to corporate to building this? I'm sure there have, must have been ups and downs. Uh, was there ever a time where you felt that, oh my God, I think I, you know, <laughs> took a wrong plunge Ups and down, yes. I mean, definitely there were times when I, I used to question my decision in terms of, you know, am I going in the right direction with the way in which the world was changing, the way in which everybody was then getting online versus me working, okay, this is how, you know, I, I work front on front. But changing my career path, no, I don't think I regret it even a single day because it was such a calling. And uh, um, I think uh, if we really look into ourselves, sometimes... Uh, each of us have that little seed which is in inside of us and then yeah. over a period of time during our growing years we don't recognize it because so many other things are happening your peers are doing so many things there are so many other opportunities yeah and you sort of want to take the road which has been taken which has been tried and tested because that's where people tell you you don't fail yeah yeah but then now when I look at myself doing storytelling I feel I think that was the calling and I think every person uh, at a particular age undergoes that that realization 
So for some, it might be at 15 when they know, I this is what I want to do with my career. For some people, it might be after graduation when they've really experienced a subject. Many mm-hmm. people after doing a job realize this is redundant. I mean, I want to explore something. Mm-hmm. And then they, then they discover something about themselves. So I think uh, it's about being very open and saying that, okay, I mean, at, at any point of time, if I'm ready to take that plunge and change my path, I should be ready to face the ups and downs as well. So yeah. um, ups and downs, of course, came in terms of commercials because storytelling. I mean, is that a job? That was the first question my grandmother asked. So you're telling yeah. stories and people are paying you for it. And I was like, um, yeah. <laughs> but I don't. This happened to me. This is supposed to happen at home. You know, stories are told at home. I said, uh, and she asked me like, I've been telling stories and not getting paid for it for a long, long time. So uh, yeah, that was the first uh, question. And, I, and, and that's when I thought that, oh yeah, you know, um, uh, initial years were tough. Initial years were tough because storytelling was not even a profession back then. So it was discovering, it was learning through experience, it was through extreme hard work of reading and reading more and exposing yourself to all sorts of literature, uh, listening to different people speak and then and discover your own style of telling. I think that was uh, uh, the first tough part. Um, Later, of course, when the avenue is open for so many storytellers, you realize that, oh, yes, you know, people around here do recognize it as as something which is essential. And storytelling is not just about, you know, feeling a child and telling a story, but it is beyond that. Yeah. Uh, Of course, uh, when you think about school, everyone always tells you story for building vocabulary, storytelling sequence, story as a beginning, middle, and I said, ah, that is getting out of that system of story because there are so many layers to a story and I think my journey became more of success when I started discovering the layers in it. When I realized that the um, the traditional path of looking at a story as this is meant for this age, this is meant for this person, this is meant for this purpose had to be broken. Yeah, And a story had to be viewed from all its dimensions in all its depth as well and that's when you realize um, you know, a very simple story of Goldilocks can also touch someone who is much older. And a Rambert yeah. Tagore story can also, which has got very heavy literature in English language, can also touch a teenager as long as you know how to tell it. Yeah. And as a storyteller, if you identify what is the pulse that is going to, you know, touch the audience and the story, you know, how to bridge that gap. And the story has multiple bridges. Yeah, to choose which one to take, you know. And I think uh, that was like a great discovery for me. And uh, I think that's when it it stopped being like a profession or what I want to, you know, really uh, get to, how many people I want to get to. All those things kind of became so blurred in the background. Just a passion took over. Absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah. So tell us about Story Station, your work with Story Station. How does it impact the age group and everything? So initially when I started off, I was born like a vagabond. I was a freelance storyteller, traveling to schools, going to places, um, lived. I mean, I started off in Pune, uh, moved to Hong Kong, which is where I taught stories and I taught English to native speakers as well. I lived in London briefly and then in Mumbai, a very good span of five to six years, wherein 
again, I traveled to plenty of schools and uh, around six or seven kilometers in the radius that I lived, I did a lot of workshops with you know, a large number of groups. Um, I had my daughter and when she was one, I realized when I, when I moved back to the city that um, traveling was going to become very difficult. And I didn't want to put aside storytelling because I, I you know, I wanted to give full time to my daughter. So I uh, would initially take my daughter to all my meetings, to my sessions. And fortunately, because of, you know, reading myself, I would put some books with her and she would be in a corner just browsing through them. And I've been through meetings and the workshops that way. But later I realized that uh, a good move would be to set up an institute, a center from where I could work. And um, just instead of, you know, going and conducting workshops and sessions, doing programs which are year-long, wherein we work, uh, you know, consistently with groups of people to see what the outcome of stories really can be. Say for really small children, when we work with their parents, um, how can parents tell stories to them? How can they get children engaged in reading? Especially now, how to get them out of the screen and get them to read? Yeah. And how can as parents, you can be good storytellers? Then so that children can start uh, enjoying stories. The option of, I have nothing to do, will lead them to bring a book and read. So you yeah. are not bored. Yeah. So you don't need someone to entertain you. You don't need someone to engage with you every time. Right. No one needs to come and do something. You're wasting your time. Hmm. It's yeah. very intermittent. You know, what do you say? Uh, frill, no frills attached sort of a, a hobby to have, you know. Yeah. So how do you get them to do that? Then you cut to an age wherein children start writing and reading. Children are filled with ideas. How can those ideas be put to uh, to purpose? How can those ideas really see the light of day? Uh, and that's where I engage with children in story writing. Wow. So a group of children love writing. A group of children detest. They don't want to read. They don't want to write. But two different workshops which work on engaging with children as young authors. And the second one which tells them, you don't like writing? That doesn't matter. Don't write a story. Let's say engage in some other activities. And we call it the writer's fair. So it is like going to a fair. You can pick and choose whatever game you want to play with respect to writing. Oh, well. And you won't even realize you're in writing or reading. But at the end of it, you're happy because you have a file in which you've written a letter, you've written, made a poster, you've written a poem, you've done so many things. And then these children walk into the and auntie, can I also write a story? And you have just, you know, very gently move them towards it without giving very specific instructions. Yeah, You move to teens, it's difficult to just tell them, come, I'll tell you a story. Because I think teens are very smart. And especially nowadays, they're very well-informed. Yeah. So either you walk with them and mm. talk like them, or at least be two steps ahead. Or sometimes I would say, uh, it's okay to be a little, um, you know, silly and say, I don't know what you're talking about. Can you teach me? Yeah. And I think when you, that step of saying that, oh, really, I'm not aware of this. Uh, are these kind of stories that you guys like? So can you share something with me? Maybe I'll learn and maybe I'll study. And the moment they see that your facilitator is looking to learn from you, then we've seen a lot of teenagers walk into the space. Wow. Because they yeah. don't see it as a learning space, but they see it uh, as a space of, you know, co-learning, co-working. And we're going yeah. to be with Vaishati, not under her. She's not going to be over us telling us what to do, but we're all going to have discussions together. And there is so much to learn with them. Yeah. Um, and with adults, we uh, 
you know, we host book clubs wherein a lot of women who are interested in exploring the opportunity of storytelling or teachers who want to bring storytelling into classrooms. So training for all of them. How to introduce puppetry, how to work with voice, how to work with language, how to work with books, um, how to tell a very simple story. Um, you don't have to always run to a book, but find something interesting in every day to be able to, you know, narrate it. And children, right. you know, sit down and listen. That's okay. all that they need. They want, I think any story listener wants an intimate experience. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the whole concept in Story Station is to let an aspiring storyteller find their style of storytelling, not teach them to ABCD. Right. Right. Because that's just imitating somebody and then you will run out of ideas. But if you find your pulse, you know, what is good about you as a storyteller, then you don't need someone to guide you every time. You will always try to rediscover yourself every single day. So I think empowering uh, through storytelling, I would call it more. We call it more than, you know, teacher's training or training in storytelling. So yeah. you empower the person to become a good storyteller, they will find their path. So beautiful. I think uh, it's it's also so similar to what I believe when I work with teens is that be flexible with them. Observe. Don't instruct because they hate to be instructed. And just uh, let let them unfold. Let their talent unfold. Let who they are unfold. And, uh, you know, be in that space of allowing, which as parents we find so difficult to do. Uh, all right. So, Vishali, uh, tell us about some success stories or case studies of your work that you've done in Story Station with your children. So when you talk about success stories and storytelling, it is, like I tell you, consistently being with the children and see them grow will tell you, you know, how things have changed. Uh, in terms of Success, I would say, I think the first one came to me, which was very rewarding in the sense of I was, uh, you know, very overwhelmed. Uh, a four-year-old girl who was one of the listeners when I started telling stories on the streets would come from about eight kilometers away. And she'd grown so fond of the stories that week after week, she would make her father come by scooter. So the mother, father and child, they would come every Saturday, Sunday and listen to the stories. Of course, after three years, that entire project was stopped because road development began and we did not continue telling stories on the street. And since we did not have uh, mobile phones back then, I mean, I myself did not have a mobile phone back then. Um, it was in between that, you know, my father gifted me one. So there was no way to really be in touch with everyone, have everybody's phone numbers, social media, nothing was there. So I thought that all right, you know, three years with this child and one amongst so many. It was after many, many years, like really after many, many years, the father contacted me and said, Vaishali ji, if you're still doing storytelling, I want you to come and do a session for the Rotary Club people as well. And I said, oh my God, you still remember? And he said, I remember, but my daughter, Umay Salama, hasn't forgotten any story you have shared. Oh my God. She incidentally went to the same school that I studied in. And uh, she went on uh, to take up literature as her major. She writes stories and um, she has been coming as a volunteer to our children's literature festival regularly every year with her mother and when she meets people that she tells me I know Vaishali auntie from the time that she used to tell stories in the streets 
and she's been an inspiration which is why i read so much and i myself have started writing stories and she's i just voted for one of the competitions where she's you know submitted her story and she said vishani aunty can you please read and vote for me and it is very nice because 17 years i've seen the journey of this child wow so that is that is one that is wherein you are physically present with a child the second is i think uh, recently you know in the pandemic we started the um, online or rather the audio story platform for children wherein we were supposed to launch it 2020 april in our fest but then the pandemic got announced and i said you know forget it so what you know we don't want to have a grand launch we'll just start posting stories so as a very small whatsapp group we started posting stories one story every day in the marathi english and it's been continuing for 3 years now there are so many children from across the world i have not met them at all uh, if they see me they may not recognize me or they may not you know they have to, they need to put the voice in the face together but yeah. uh, i think the sometimes when their parents tell me that we take really long journeys by road now now and they don't keep asking us when are we going to reach are we there yet because we just turn on katha mehfil and we all listen to the stories wow so uh, and they become storytellers themselves because they speak like you they uh, their voice modulation is like the way all of you do your storytelling they are a group of storytellers who are a part of katha mehfil so they imitate you their language has gotten better they know so much about authors and i think that is the power of being able to teach without really at uh, uh, you know saying that this is what i intend to teach this is the lesson plan for today yeah i think the way in which we offer the stories the success has been in offering the story for the way it is and then yeah. everyone accepting it the way it is offered and then you know using it to their to their best i think that has come from many 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 parents yeah so the love for reading parents talk to us the way they uh, look at stories the way they are saying no we don't want to you know maybe go and watch tv we'd rather you know read a book or just sitting at our space and not wanting to go at all so i've got children who cry when parents come to pick them up ki nahi jana hai aur kitabe padni hai wow the rewards that come up and these are big they are small you know and that's what motivates you and you feel like acha you know you are doing the right thing maybe for a small set of people it's not impacting the whole world but the ones who it is impacting i think it has to be long lasting yeah uh, yeah yeah it it yeah it has to really bring about that change in those people that you impact only then you know that you know that your work is truly done yeah so, yeah it's it's fun every day is fun that way super i think what i i really love about your work veshali is how you've turned something which is one time mainly for people you know people tell stories for one time it's interesting you've turned it into an entire course or i don't know if the it's that's the right word but you've turned it into a certain program where children can come back and you know attend the uh, entire session again and grow through it and children i think grow mostly when they're allowed that freedom of choice and i remember when i spoke with you you told me that you know we do not tell stories for a purpose let the per- person find the purpose in the story so that that freedom to control it the way they want to like believing in in the dynamism of their minds and how their personality is yeah i think that is what teenagers children need today and in in my meeting parents i see that parents already have a set path and 
uh, you know, instructions decided for the child that this is how it is and this is how it should be, which completely ruins the whole, you know, unfolding of the child. See, the moral of the story is already decided, no? Yeah. It is like in our days when we had moral science, I remember I used to say, what is the moral of the story? I said, yeah, yeah. Let me see if this is what the story really wants to deliver. <laughs> yeah. So, whereas you tell them, this is the story, I'm not here to tell you any moral. I've told you the way I have accepted it. What do you see in it? Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. That's it. No gyan. Not give anything. Not yeah. to even have that intention of trying to impart something. Because don't put yourself in that state of power wherein you feel that I know more than you. Yeah. State of authority. State of power. Yeah. I know more than you. I mean, the littlest of child will find stuff that I have never found in a story. And that's the beauty because... I am also learning along with them. A teenager will bring about some angle to it wherein, I mean, just the other day I was narrating the story of Ravindran Tagore and I was talking to a group of teenagers and what they come up came up with was so wonderful. And I as a teacher might have planned something, but the dialogue took us somewhere else. In the end, apart from the literature, the literary aspect of the story, there were so many life-based skills that we touched upon because we gave that freedom. Allowing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think beautiful. I just love your work completely, you know, blown away, floored by what you do, especially in these times, you know, when digital, social media, you know, uh, those kind of things are really, really prevalent and children are so attracted to it. You're making storytelling, reading, writing so attractive. And I really hope many, many, you know, from thousands, uh, it grows to millions. To billions uh, through your work. Uh, so there are many in our world who are doing great work. So I'm sure all of us together are going to really make that difference. Yeah, no, there's yeah. so many that have grown in the last 10 years. So it's you're creating a team of storytellers. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So any message in the closing you would want to give our parents or children or whoever is listening to it? I think it's important to share stories. Uh, not always stories which are intended to teach, like I always say. None of most of my sessions don't look into wanting to teach or impart something to people. Um, as parents, I think it's very important that we share our stories with them for the way they happen to us. Again, not with a moral in that. Hamare zamane mein no. I think we have to kind of really go far away from it. I hate that. In- yeah. Tell them, I think they enjoy the beauty of the mistakes that we made. It makes us more human. Yeah. So I think let your children know about the stupid, the silly things that you've done. Even as teachers, when I do teacher training programs, I tell them that, okay, we are teachers. Maybe children look at us in a certain way, but sometimes it's wonderful to break that uh, that image that they have wherein they feel, okay, teacher ko nahi pata. Mm-hmm. Hum Which is the next one I, I don't know. So I think... Um, to sometimes just tread away from the path just for a while and then come back to it. And I think when you take those decisions of, you know, taking a, a different path for a while, not everybody yeah. is to always take a different journey and, you know, you know be change makers. But every once in a while, I think everyone should kind of wade away from their regular path and explore what they can really find in themselves and then come back. It's refreshing for yourselves, but the people who are around you also are more interested in listening to your story. Yeah. Tell more life stories. Tell more real stories. Yeah. Uh, share the truth. Yeah. 
and uh, whether it's a four-year-old child or whether a fifteen-year-old, treat them like they are. Treat them like young adults, not as bachas, not as babies, as if they don't know anything. Mm. But you start talking to them about things, and you know, getting their response. I think automatically uh, the lines of communication improves. I think it. I mean, you of course, as as a person who works with teens and tweens, I think the biggest problem nowadays for children and for parents I've seen, or even the teachers, is the lack of communication. What are you talking about? Yeah, very busy talk. You know, getting work done is all that we are targeting. Yeah, I think they all know what they have to do. Let's engage with them in conversation at dinner tables. Let's talk about the stories we heard. Let's make up some. You know, wherein we are stupid and we are silly. And I think once that happens, many things in life are automatically learned because that's how we grew up. Very true. So I think my message would be just tell your story. Yeah, Stay away from anybody judging you. Uh, uh, don't think that whether I should tell this or not. Will people think it's an agreeable story or not? Tell it with all honesty. Yeah. Just believe in your story and tell it with all honesty. It will be received beautifully, hundred percent. I mean, it's, I can write this on a stamp paper and give it to you. If you tell in all honesty, every story is accepted beautifully. So beautiful, and I think everyone has a story in there, and yeah. and there is some audience for every story. I am certain doubt that not anyone who tells a story that they have truly lived and they love to tell, they always tell it like the best storyteller in the world. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. It's a bonding story. I think own own whatever you do. I think that is what. Uh, yeah, that is what the cream is. Yeah, totally. All right. So, uh, thank you so much for your time, Vishali. I loved every bit of the conversation, and uh, I would. You know, love to have more such conversations with you outside podcasts, inside podcast, whatever. But get to know more about your work. What you're doing is beautiful. Uh, like I said, you know, the flexibility and the openness and the allowing and the unfolding in the children that you bring in. And I'm sure parents' lives have become thousand times easier because of that. Uh, bringing reading into the world of children. Kudos to your work and uh, best wishes for the having. Best wishes for the future of uh, Story Station, Kathamethil, uh, and the Lit Buck Fest. Right, all three initiatives. Yes. Many more. Thank you. I have well. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you.